The Adventures of NYC Dance Teacher. I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. And I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We'll be sharing our experiences on the ridiculous and hilarious truths. With that being said, let's get into today's topic. And we are live yes. from a theater. Um, okay, but actually, we're live. We are together, which is so exciting. I know. And I haven't been together in a long time. That's and crazy. We are in a theater, which is going to be all about today's episode. But I have to say to everyone, there is something so magical about being in an actual theater. Yeah. I was just. My brother was also just with us, and I was just telling him like, there's something that about it that just like feeds your soul. Oh, yeah. Like, being back with, like, in front of, I, so I'm in rehearsals right now, and being, like, back in front of a group, doing a warm-up, like, doing actory things, and being a director, and, like, uh, it was a light hang today in the theater, so, like, just doing all of those things that felt, like, normal, part of me was, like, freaking out, because it was like, oh, do I remember how to do this? Yep. And then the other part was like, oh, God, yeah, I do, because, like, this is what I love doing. Like, yeah. I love making theater and making art. But it's also just, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a Very long really long time. But we are here because, as we had previously announced on an episode, but in case you missed it, Tony is the new artistic director for the Astoria Performing Arts Center, APAC, yes. in New York City, um, Long Island City to be specific. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. And they have this amazing, gorgeous, pretty large... Uh, black bo- black box theater. Um, yeah, and we're going to talk all about what this experience has been like because Tony is now running this company, artistic directing this company, right? Like we keep saying, like post COVID, but we're still in COVID. But y'all know what we mean. Yes. Um, and um, hopefully it'll be like post the bad shit really soon, which I have heard things are looking good. Oh, um, I want them to which look hopefully. good. Um, but. Um, so Tony, what like what's been going on? What is it like to start? Because you just said you did a light hang today. Huh. So what has it been like to like to be here in a theater and starting to bring the theater back to life? It's been a lot of managing people's anxiety is the first thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, my first show with the company in this position is a children's show. Because New York City is not quite out of summer, although some of our schools are back. Not all of our schools are back. We're still kind of in summer. And actually, like a lot of my students, uh, this is the end of their summer. Like they start school next week. Yep. Um, so I had a couple kids out yesterday and today for like school orientation. Um, so it's a children's show. And so for a lot of my actors, this is the first social, in-person social thing they've done in over a year mm-hmm. so I had uh, I've been dealing with a lot of nervous parents I've been dealing with a lot of like is everyone wearing masks and vaccination because uh, I, I'm bringing this up just because it matters for the point of our story is that in New York City vaccination cards are a requirement out of adults now so there are events and things like that we're requiring you know people to have their vaccination cards and things like of that sort um, so it is it's been a lot of managing just that anxiety or it's the same thing we were saying like 
kids being on stage for the first time in over a year. And I have yeah. several kids that are that have been performing their whole lives, and they're teenagers now. But a lot of them are literally like, I haven't been on a stage or in a rehearsal in over a year. Yeah, so like that first scary. blocking rehearsal. I was like, where are your pencils, guys? And he's like, oh, yeah, you need pencils for blocking yeah, rehearsals. it's like the little things that you forget. <laughs> yep. I went, our kids came back to school already, and our kids literally, like, even some of our older kids were like, wait, what? Like, when you would ask them something, because some of them have, some of them did not come back this past spring. Right, And this yep. is the first time they've been back in a year and a half. And it's it's a lot. Um, okay, so that's happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell us more. So I think... What's interesting is planning out... So what I'm finding with an artistic director job is that there is the, like, planning of a season and the administrative portion of the job, and then there's the, like, being a director and, like, planning what... Like, the, the physical on-the-ground making it happen. Um, and it, so it's not uncommon for artistic directors to direct... It's also not uncommon for artistic directors to pass along projects that they don't want to direct or, like, just because there's too many things going on at once. Um, and I am doing both. And so learning, it's been interesting learning when I need to pass projects off or when I need to keep projects just because I love them and I want to do them. Um, that, that I think we don't, non-administrative artists don't talk about enough. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think actors really think about that. Yeah. When they're planning out a season, uh, or when they're auditioning for a season, or even, like, dancers. Because, to me, I am talking about next season. Like, I have got to plan things for two seasons ahead. Yeah. Because of budget, because of space, because of what's currently happening in the world. And there are numerous things like that that I need to plan very far ahead. Um, And then... I have to think about the moment. So, like, I have readings coming up right now that the the actors I'm dealing with, they're just thinking about right now. They're not thinking that far in advance. And I I was telling Danielle this before we started recording. I think I'm only that way because of education. Mm -hmm. Like, working in education, I know to think very far in advance. But actors don't. Like, we really, actors, dancers, singers, we don't think that far ahead. It's It's a different muscle that you have to flex. Because literally, I'm planning for September. Right now, I'm planning September... I'm directing something in September. I passed off something in September. I'm directing something in uh, October. And I'm directing something in December. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That's a lot. You know, and so part of me is like, should I be passing some of these things off? But then it's also like, no, I care about these projects. I don't want to pass them off. Yeah. So I, I think it's the thinking in advance and like learning where and when to pass things off. Is a, it's a different skill that I, I know as on the performance side I didn't really do as much. Or even as a freelancer. Yeah. So I'm technically not free. Let's, I don't know. That's a question of whether I'm still freelance or not. Like partially, like when I have gaps in the season, I'm a freelancer. Because I can escape for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think, I feel like like a lot of us, like any of us who, who you know, go into like education or become artistic directors I feel like we still freelance direct and choreograph or whatever our like niche is because it's like yeah like when I have a gap I would love to work on a project that is maybe outside of what my job is basically oh yeah and also it's like what are your my while my artistic endeavors do align with the theater not all of my artistic endeavors are going to make sense with the theater's uh, uh, theater's 
program process? What is the right word for this? Um, like their, like, like vision? Their, mission, yeah. Mission, mission, or, mission, mission, mission or vision yeah. for the theater. So, like, uh, it, with, with the company, like, they are... We like doing diverse, you know, older plays, newer plays. Like, we like a good mix. I come from the concert dance world. Mm-hmm. My venue isn't really the right kind of space for a concert dance piece. Maybe a couple years from now that might change. But currently, if I were to, you know, turn left and try to do concert dance in this venue, it would be, I would be alienating the company's foundation. Right, because I right think now. something like we were talking about this before we started when you're talking to me about, you know, programming for the next season into and planning it out is you have to look at the space. What is the space good mm-hmm. for? You have to look yep. at the past performance of who, you know, who comes to see these shows or if we want to bring in new people, what can be very marketable for this space, for the for the, you know, community that the theater is in. Absolutely. And so I agree with you. I feel like, yeah, like you know, like people don't think about like, oh, why is this show or this event being held in this space and it's actually very purposeful? Oh, yeah. And I think about that, like, because uh, a lot of theater companies will either their entire like season will be planned that way or they have specific holes in their season for certain things. Yes. Like spring or summer shows, that's usually when you get those mega musicals yeah. because you usually have a larger budget in the spring. And there's also more time. There's way more time yeah, in Yeah, it spring. is. It's like all those grants and you get all yep. your money in like the beginning of the new like year year, like calendar Fiscal year. year. Fiscal and calendar year Fiscal is and January. Calendar, January, February. <laughs> yeah, and then yep. it's also like there's more, which is so silly. And ever, but I feel like anyone who has ever worked in education or theater knows yep. this. Like, if you're working off of a semester calendar, which is like basically the school calendar, there always seems to be more time in the spring. Yep. There's this. Yep. Yep. And it it doesn't change. Yeah. But like that's when you get. It's true. You get. You know your budget. You get those. There's more time. So you get those mega musicals. You also get those giant family friendly musicals. That's when you get the giant musical comedies and things like that in the spring. You know, the fall. That's when you get your darker musicals. You get more plays. You know, yeah. because it's also in in New York or anywhere where there's a colder climate. Are people going to traverse that cold weather to come see you? Which is why January yeah. shows don't happen in January and no, February, they largely. Don't. If they do, they're much smaller shows yep. that can be prepared to handle inclement weather. Yep. You know, like that's something as a choreographer or definitely as a performer never crossed my yep. mind. But as I'm planning a season, I was like, oh, I can't put anything crazy in January, February. We get snowstorms absolutely in, in New York here. So like that's something that it's just very different. Um, that again, I just have to, I have to think about as I go forth planning a season. And I think that is where things can get complicated or again, things get affected that you don't even realize. You know, like I, uh, let's say like I want to do, I don't know, something crazy, like Newsies. Mm-hmm. This is not the venue for Newsies. Right. My, like I said, I have a, it's a black box theater that's, on the larger end of a black box theater, oh, I'm not even gonna lie. We're on the larger end of a black box, but it's also like I can easily adjust where my audience is, how many audience members I can have per show. Mm-hmm. But I'm currently fighting COVID, so like even with my children's show, I've been given a cap on how many, how large my audience can be, and it's way below what I can actually fit in here. Yeah. But I need they. We want to have a socially distanced audience, so it's like. Yeah, it just like Where still makes the balance? Right, right, right now it makes sense to still like just have those precautions. You know, so it's one of those things of like I think that's what's interesting is just the things that I've had to think about now that I never never would have crossed my yeah. mind being a performer or even choreographing. You know, yeah. we come in, we dance, we leave. 
Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know, so I think it's a, a different, kind of different thought process you kind of mm-hmm. have to go through. Absolutely. So what's been the most, I feel like that like, you kind of just answered this question, but maybe you have a different answer. What's been like the most challenging thing about starting this job? challenging aspect and what's been the most exciting or like fun thing fun aspect the most challenging thing has got to be owning my own power Mm -hmm. um i am casting a reading right now that is happening in a few weeks and so like i am talking to agents and managers and i am casting people with major Broadway credits with major film credits like Mm -hmm. and a part of me is like who am I to be reaching out to these people that have you know bigger things and have done x y and z Mm -hmm. so but then also realizing there are actors that want a book yeah you know they just want a book they want to do great work and I really do believe in the play that we're doing a reading for like which is why I didn't pass it along I'm choosing to direct it because I really do believe in it, the life of this play, and I hope I can contribute to you know it going further. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like it's that it's like being like challenging this manager, you know, and being like, yeah, no, I actually am an artistic director. Like fi- finding that power within the new position and like standing behind yourself and being yeah. like, you made a decision. The decision is yours. You've made it. Go with it. Like mm-hmm. trusting yourself. Um, because it's, we're, I'm, I'm a theater artist. We're constantly second-guessing ourselves. Yep. We're constantly worried if we're making the right choice. Yep. Um, but I think that... So th- reminding myself I am capable of the things I'm, I'm asking for and doing. Yep. Um, and, and I'm uh, capable of the respect I deserve. As yes, I talk absolutely. to these agents and managers and actors and things like that, um, that's one thing. Yeah. That, would, that has definitely been a challenge. In particular, this week. That's fair. Uh, fun would be like planning a season in a show. Like, I, you know, I had, there were like some things were booked before I arrived, but then some things weren't. And then, like, literally in this last week or so, I've been able to fill holes in our season for like the back end of our season with like artists that I love and I have known for years, yeah. I'm able to go to them like, hey, I'm doing your play or like, you know, you're one man show, you're one woman show, like I'm doing it. Exciting you know, exciting like, new work. Like that's super exciting. And I, we have currently two shows in our season. Oh, I take that back. Three shows in our season are pre-existing works mm-hmm. that have been done. Mm-hmm. And one of them is like, what, two, one is a musical and one's an opera, one's a play. Mm-hmm. Everything else is all new works. They've not existed Amazing. in one of them might have existed for a year now and we're a second production of them. Like right. so it's all new works. We as far as diversity goes, we are all over the place. Amazing. I like you you name it, I think we either have it on stage or behind the stage. Every alphabet. every in every the entire season. Yeah, like we are literally all uh, every race, every gender, every religion, I think at this point. Yeah. Yep. The two things in in the spring are just the last couple of religions cuz I was I was really like making a joke about it previously. I was like, "Wait, no, actually I think we do cover like all the major religions." How fantastic though that we're going to come into this season like the first live season, the first in-person right. season post-COVID. And hopefully post is a real word we're going to use within the next few months. Hope so. Everyone putting it out there. It's post-COVID. Right. Um, 
But how exciting that after a year and a half of basically like no live anything artists finally mm -hmm. starting this past summer that you're going to have a season full of new works, some old works, ton of diversity, right? Like mm -hmm. men, women, they, um, <laughs> like every yes. race every color every ethnicity every and I, nationality like. and i don't even think it was like i know i did not intentionally seek out these different genres of people it was just and i've been saying this across the board if you've got a play you think there's something there send it to me like yeah. currently i literally i think i have four now after saying it for the last two hours two more people emailed me i think i have like four or five plays i need to read right now yeah and that's what I'm just asking for. Send me what you have. I love the fact of just artists creating and being like, cool, let's sit down, let's have a meeting, talk to me. I can see if it's right for us. If it's not right for us, I'm in the position where I know other theater companies that are collaborating with us. Amazing. Where literally it's like, hey, go, like literally we're working with a puppetry company that like, it's not children's puppetry. It's very adult yeah. puppetry. And I'm like, this is so cool. An artist that I did a film with, four or five months ago as a puppetry artist and they need a replacement. So I was able to connect him. And so like now they filled out their whole season with some right. other stuff. So I love just like artists helping artists, seeking artists and just people and people and opportunities that I think we all wanted before. I am now in a space to see or facilitate. And that's what I'm enjoying. Like it's just, there are constantly new surprises of new projects of being like, Oh, we're working with them or um, friends meeting friends they didn't know they were each yeah. other. Like I had a meeting with a friend that I've known for like seven years now and someone that's working on the show with me currently, they knew each other and I didn't know they knew each other. Amazing. So when they showed up for the meeting, we're all screaming in the lobby being like, we all work together now. You know, like yeah. moments like that, that it's just like, or being able to be in a room with these people that yeah. I love and like, I, I think it's that. Like, being able to be in a room with people that I love creating art and seeing where the future of this industry goes and yeah. actively being able to take a part in it. Because I think that was, for me, one of the hardest parts about the industry, about the shutdown of 2020. Mm -hmm. We artists had to watch the world happen around us and we couldn't contribute like we're used to. Yeah. Like, we are artists. We are typically, like, we are the first ones to respond to any type of social anything, mm -hmm. good, bad, or indifferent. Yep. We, because artists, I do believe we feel on a heightened level. Yeah. So, like, we feel something and then art is made. There's yep. just a, no other way to put it. And we got to 2020 and that, I feel like it was stolen from us. You know, mm -hmm. literally jobs were stolen from many of us. Mm -hmm. But it was like, we couldn't respond in the same way. We couldn't interact with people. And so much art is people. Yeah. Is community. And so after a year of just not being able to respond to art in the way that I want to, even with dealing with COVID, even dealing, you know, with like Black Lives Matter protests, a new presidency, yeah. you know, the, the, the capital issues, like the entire world, you know, like I said, the attacks on Syria, Afghanistan, like all of the world going through it. We weren't able to express ourselves like we were before, mm -hmm. but now we can. And yeah. that's what I'm excited for. I'm excited for all those, all that art that was created and contained over 2020 exploding onto the scene. Like Absolutely. those, those plays, those musicals, those songs written about the hardest moments in people's lives yeah. and the beauty of it. Now the entire world went through, went through it with you. Yeah. So now it's something that everyone can connect to. Yes. 
Even if and your piece is from your point of view, mm-hmm. everyone's still going to be able to connect to it because we all went through it together collectively. And that is something that, like, there hasn't been a shared world trauma, like, truly a shared world trauma since... I mean, someone can write to us and, like, tell me if I'm misspeaking, but I truly feel like there hasn't been... I would been say a, the last world war. I was going to say the last world war, like, maybe the Cold War era, right? Like, maybe Maybe that, the Cold War era, right? but, but I'm, I even feel I'm like, with you, because usually it's a couple countries, but, like... Right. This is... And again, America, we're on the upswing. There are plenty of countries that are totally still in the the midst of their worst times right now. So, like, I... Yeah, I'm with you. This is one of those magical moments where, like, five, ten years from now, someone's going to mention the C word. Yeah. And it's going to be like, who? We're all going to have that moment where, like, I'm invested because I get it. Or maybe I'm running away from these feelings because I don't want to relive that moment, you know? Yeah. So I can... Yeah, that that's what I'm excited for. The art, like that. Like that's that's what makes me happy and excited is that being able to reconnect with friends again, because like honestly, starting this job has been very exhausting and tiring and all the things like that. But like I, I drag myself here in the mornings and then I get into rehearsal with these kids that are like dying to sing and dance because for the last show they had to do it through Zoom. Yeah. And so to be like to be and be in this room with these kids that I worked with some of them on Zoom last year for our summer program with this company, and to be back and just be like, "Hey, we're here. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Let's do this thing that we all love yeah. to do. Like that. That's the feeling that oh, like I is totally. pushing me through. I'm exhausted. There's a million emails. All yeah. the weird, crazy things that I feel overwhelmed with. That washes away when, like today, we had our we had our tech run through. And, like, I finally got to be off book and not do directory things. I got yeah. to just watch one of the runs and, like, to laugh at the jokes again in the yeah. show and, like, all those types of things where I was like, oh, yeah, there's magic to be made in theater. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, the, it's, ma- the it's, magic. It's really exciting. And I'm so excited for, for you in this position. I'm so excited to be in this space right now and to see all the amazing things that are going to happen. And I just really feel like it's like yeah like there's something about being in this space where I'm like all right like the word the phrase post-covid like it's gonna be a thing and we're gonna mm-hmm. do so much live theater and it's gonna be amazing uh I, for I had that moment with the lights like so we hung lights and then they started focusing the lights and that's when I was like oh it's a theater now. yeah it's not just the space we're rehearsing and it got dark in here the focus was on the stage so like I'm excited for our, 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 our lighting run tomorrow when, like, Amazing. it's dark, it's a, like, the focus is there. Oh, I'm so excited for that. It's going to be so special. I haven't been in a dark theater, like, yeah. for a show. I really think that it's, like, my house. Like, I love being in a dance studio. Oh, God. Did I even go see a show in 2020 before the shutdown? I did not. I wanted to. I was, I like, was planning. Same. I was, like, planning the week of shutdown to go see something for, for like, a friend's birthday. I wanted to go see Rock. Uh, not Rock. I went to go see Little Shop. Um, and I, I, I never got tickets. And I didn't go. And then the shutdown happened. So I haven't seen. My, I think it was, like, chicken wings and beer. It was, like, something at the uh, National Black Theater I was going to go see. Mm-hmm. And I had tickets the week after everything shut down. Of yeah, course, I haven't seen. It. So I've not seen it. I've not seen a show since 2019. No. Oh, I mean, Jesus. wait. That's a lie. Wow. I did see. I did see a, a production of Midsummer's Night Dream in Boulder, Colorado, this summer at Outdoors. They. It, I mean, this this theater company, the Colorado Shakespeare Festival, they do it outdoors every year. That's not a COVID yes, thing. Yes, they yes. do it at an amphitheater. 
Um, so I actually did see that, and that was awesome to like sit and watch. A oh, theater. I guess to, I take that back. I technically I went to Vegas and I saw a Vegas show, but that that was like aerial stunts. Yeah, kind of. But there is something like yeah, honestly, but like no, it didn't feel. It walking, feels different. <laughs> walking into a theater like a dark theater, like I love being in a dance studio, but really that's my happy place, and I think right. like they're like forever and always like. I will definitely be like the person who like has kids and is the mom and like in their forties and is just like, yeah, I'm going to go, I choreographed this show for this, you know, company. Oh, totally. Um, that's my life. So. Yeah, no, no, I definitely accept that. Like if it's this theater, great. If it's another theater, but I would definitely be that parent being like, yeah, you're going to finish your homework in the tech booth because we've got tech tonight. So yeah. like, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, like like my grandparents are gonna, your grandparents are going to pick you up, get you home because it's late. But like, no, right. I got rehearsal tonight. Like right. that's, and I think being back in this space after such a difficult year has affirmed that, like, this is my life. This is definitely where I need to be and want Amazing. to be. Like, that's where I find myself being. I love being. that. Mm-hmm. Wow. I am so excited for you. I'm excited for this space. And we will definitely update all our listeners when production start here at APAC. We'll just oh, yeah. let Tony give some little updates with everything. Um, Absolutely. Because it's super special. So that brings us to our tip of the week. Um, and this tip comes from, first of all, PSA, soapboxy, don't care. Wear your mask, get vaccinated, get vaccinated, get vaccinated. Um, herd immunity is, in fact, a very real thing. Mm-hmm. We need it. I mm-hmm. say this, I'm still in NYC schools, even with this new job. And, yeah. like, it's, if it's not for us, do it for the kids. Yeah. Um, do it for the kids because I'm currently running a show where like my staff is fully vaccinated but I have kids that are not old enough right. to be vaccinated that's all my so kids a, yeah. right so a mask is the only protection that they have yeah so I just say if you care about any child in any life or anybody's children out there go get vaccinated yeah um that aside uh work-life balance I have been very proud of myself yes. uh, in the midst of starting this job where I literally go, I'm not working. Amazing. And I just don't. I actually did that this past Saturday. There was actually work happening here at the theater, like repairs and, and cleanup and things like that. I sent one text message to a worker that couldn't find the space. And I sent one word, one one word email saying correct, answering a question. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I was like, I played video games. I watched TV. I like cooked dinner. Good. I did not come to the theater. I did not go to the office. I did not. I don't even think I turned on my computer at home. I right. think I was literally, I didn't because I was playing Nintendo Switch. So, but it was just very nice to be like, and again, I'm in the middle of a show. Yeah. In the middle of casting and things like that. But it was so important for me to have that day to check in with my family, to check in with myself and just be like, my brain's tired. I'm not as efficient as I need to be. Take a day for myself doing that. And then like, I was able to crank out work. I finished like all my work in two hours on Sunday that I got to enjoy the rest of my Sunday. Mm-hmm. Just, I think, cause I took that time to rest my brain and my body on that mm-hmm. Saturday. So uh, artists or anybody else, it's okay to take vacations or it's okay to get home from work and be like, I'm not working Yes. or minimize what work you have to do when you get home. Yes. Um, it's how, like, again, don't let the lessons we learned from quarantine go out the window Absolutely. cause we're back at work. Um, but rest and relaxation matters. We don't, I don't want another global pandemic just for people to realize that getting eight, you know, eight hours of sleep is good for you. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I agree. I've been on this since, since last year and I actually like worked with 
you know, someone on all of this and um, Russ is huge. Like I yep. literally, like I was telling one of my coworkers, I was like, like, you know, I was like, my lesson plans are like not done right for next week. Today is, you know, what, Wednesday or Thursday or something. They're not done for next week yet. Um, I told my manager, like, I will absolutely get them in before work on Monday. But oh, yeah. right now it's a lot of catch up. It's the beginning of the year. I just taught 14 classes in four days. I don't really have time to do lesson plans. And when I go home, I want to be home. I want to watch TV. I want to work out, watch mm -hmm. TV, decompress. I went to the pool the other night because that was important to me to be able to just be outside and sit. So I absolutely agree. It's huge. It's huge. I tell everyone at work, especially because I work in a school where everyone's like, no, I need to go home and I need to grade and prep lessons and, no. cut, and cut out these materials. I'm like, I hear you, but you, there's, there's a balance to be found. Yes. There definitely is. And it can definitely happen. And that, not to say that there aren't some days where you can come home and do that, but that should not be five days out of the week. No, and if you are doing do work at home, it should be because you are choosing to, not because you feel like you have to every exactly. single day. Exactly. And it's okay to do, because I do leisurely work at home. Like, for, for me, I have to read plays for work. Right. But I enjoy reading plays, but that's also like, okay, I just watched two movies. Let me crank out this play in the next right. hour. Oh, that was good. Write whatever notes I need for when I need to deal with that at work again, and then go back to whatever right. I'm doing. So, but like, that's even what I did this past weekend when I was like, all right, I need to write my lesson plans on the weekend. I set a time and I was like, all right, I'm going to start it now. I got two grades done. I took a break. I ate some lunch. I watched mm -hmm. a couple episodes of a TV show. And then I was like, all right, now I'll finish, right? And so yep. that way it doesn't also feel overwhelming. Um, and you still, get, you still get a weekend. You still get a night off of work. Like, you still get time to do things that matter to yes. you. And that, that, I think, is what important. Like, I know for me, turning off my brain to watch a movie, to play video games and things of, like, of that sort... They give me the freedom that I need to relax. Um, so I incorporate time in my schedule to do that. Absolutely. That matters completely to me. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I kind of went off of your tip. That would be my tip, too, especially since I started work. Um, what else? I don't know. I went back to work. I Just like I just said, I had... I taught 14 classes in four days this week, but it actually felt, it's a lot, it's a lot, but it felt so nice to, again, be with all of my kids and dancing. Um, and so that was really exciting. So that's not really a tip, it's just something I'm excited about. It's, it's a lot of dance classes, but I'm grateful to teach that many. And, and to teach in person. And to teach in person. And <laughs> like we, to are, teach in person. we are never going to go remote again. I'm knocking on the wood right now. Right. Um, but I think, you know, like the kids are wearing the masks. We're wearing masks and we're keeping them on and we're reminding the kids to pull them up when they slip under their noses. And we're getting testing done and we're doing the do. So keep it up, everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it for us. The curtain has closed on this episode, but we hope that you will join us next week. And every week after that. Episodes come out every Thursday. You can find us on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We are Point PYT on all platforms. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the Adventures of an NYC Dance Teacher. <laughs>